know, looking at the earnings reports overall that came out Thursday morning, there are really some encouraging signs out there, especially from local companies. AT&T, D.R. Horton had strong numbers. Uh, the airlines seem to be doing better, still hemorrhaging, but Southwest Airlines earnings were actually 13 cents better than expected. And I don't know, maybe the end's in sight. One man who may know is Gary Kelly, the CEO of Southwest Airlines, who joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Great to be with you, David. So are you seeing green shoots like we are? Yeah. Uh, the, as you said, uh, the, the first quarter was, um, uh, was, was not good, and that was as expected. January, February are traditionally uh, weak travel months, uh, certainly for consumers anyway, and business travel is pretty modest uh, these days, uh, I, I think, as everybody knows. But in March, there was really an inflection point. We have the uh, vaccines out at the beginning of the year. You have vaccinations beginning to uh, rise. You've got the case counts uh, and hospitalization rates coming down. And uh, with spring break, it really kicked um, travel uh, in, into uh, a higher gear in, in people's minds. And so uh, we increased our flight activity mid-March, David, by 50% overnight. We added 1,000 daily departures uh, to get to about 3,000, which is still well below our capacity uh, that we could do uh, pre-pandemic. We were more like 4,000, 4,100 a day. Um, and we've got to be somewhere in those 3,000s uh, uh, in order to break even. So we're still a ways from that. But April looks better than March, which is not typical right. seasonally. And then May looks better than April which is also tip, not typical seasonally. And then June looks better still. Uh, and in fact, by the time we get to June, we're flying at 96% of our June 2019 uh, capacity. So, uh, you know, pre-pandemic levels. So that's pretty darn good. And uh, if the bookings continue at this uh, current pace, then we, we should break even in June, which would be, a very welcome change uh, would, uh, to use your word, would stop the hemorrhaging. And um, obviously, we're, we've, we've been longing to get to that point. It's been a long, miserable 12, 14 months. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, we've got, we definitely have uh, a lot to look forward to, hopefully. Well, and you've been, you've been active. We, we talked several months ago, and you were making this pivot, you know, to sort of all leisure all the time and adding leisure destinations. And now it seems like every day I see some airline adding Bangor, Maine, or I don't know how many nonstops anybody can have to Orlando. But when Pampa, Texas has nonstop service to Orlando, that I know that maybe <laughs> maybe it's saturated. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Orlando is one of those examples that, um, that I, you know, I think they're they're at back and maybe even beyond uh, pandem uh, pre-pandemic levels. So. Um, but you look at major, you know, metropolitan areas, um, Chicago, Washington, uh, Boston, New York, um, and, and much of California, they're still uh, below average. Um, and it's, it's really the beaches and the mountains and the desert and, and, and more outdoor-like uh, destinations that are continuing to do better. But uh, business travel, I think, will improve, David, in the second quarter. Um, it was very weak in first. Uh, it'll still be weak and second and well below uh, system average and, and pre-pandemic levels. And I think we just have to be prepared for 
a long, long recovery period there. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, if I'm not, uh, we'll be prepared and uh, we'll do well uh, serving the consumer. And I think we're perfectly positioned for that. So what's what's looming out there? It looks like, I mean, obviously a, a, a second or a third round of, of COVID is a, is a non-starter, but I'm seeing fuel prices begin to go up. Is that a concern yet? Yeah, I think, you know, anything that, um, it, it, you know, just impairs our ability to stop losing money is a concern at the same time um I, I don't know if you could figure this out with our press release but we're basically 100 percent hedged here this year so we do have price protection uh at about 75 dollars a barrel and above uh so you know we're in good shape on that front uh we, we won't be we won't mitigate every uh penny of uh jet fuel increases of course but uh it, it'll certainly uh provide some protection there. So the main issue is getting the balance right of flying enough flights to be profitable, but not flying flights that are empty. So uh, we've got to have customers. Uh, we'll be very aggressive with fares, and we're in the classic economic imbalance where the supply exceeds the demand, um, at least right now. And uh, we'll just need to manage carefully uh, through this. But I tell you what, things are looking up, and um, it's uh, very welcome. It's been a long time coming. You know, most of us, the consumers see, especially relative over the last 12 to 18 months, airfares creeping on back up again. In some cases, leaping up. But it sounds like you're talking about fair sales, still needing to stimulate traffic. You know, it's it's, uh, obviously airlines – create complexity with fair offerings and uh you know we try to keep it as simple as possible and keep our fares low but on average in the first quarter i think our average fares were down 20 25 percent and i'm expecting that we'll continue and, and that's all relative to 2019 so i think that uh, fares will continue to be uh bargains for people uh, as usual, you need to shop and you need to uh, be smart about it. But uh, if you can plan in advance, um, I can guarantee you for a long time, you're going to be able to get some uh, good low fares. It'll be very competitive. And because basically every airline, as you know, David, every airline has been able to uh, gather up a lot of cash. And, uh, you know, that is uh, in order to fund losses to get through this pandemic. So there's no, no one on the verge of collapse. There's no one on the verge of taking a lot of capacity out. Every airline has to do what I described. And so it's a, hey, it's going to be a buyer's market and um, it'd be a great time to travel. Yeah, I, I really, I, I was amazed we didn't lose them or at least see a reorganization from a major U.S. carrier through all this. I guess lessons learned. Talk about talk about fleet reliability right now. You've doubled down with uh, with Boeing and 737 Maxes, and I know you extracted an, an incredible deal out of Boeing. I'm sure you did. But what about the reliability of this Max? These things just keep popping up. Well, I you know the Max is a great airplane, and th- this this issue uh, that's that's come up with the uh, grounding electrical electrical grounding that is uh not not of the airplane is uh frustrating uh but um you know 
it's a minor issue. It's a it's a manufacturing issue, and uh, it, it's it, it appear everything that I know about it. It will be easily and readily addressed. Uh, we're simply waiting on Boeing uh, to settle on a what's referred to as a service bulletin, so that it's comprehensive, uh, and then to have the FAA issue an airworthiness directive to endorse that, and then we'll get to work and get them fixed and you know get them back flying, but. Uh, yeah, you're you're right. The 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 Boeing deal was a big deal, and um, it affirmed our commitment to the 737 going forward for the 150 seater, which is the Max Seven. And uh, we 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 did get a good deal, and I think it sets us up strategically um, in a superior way for the next 10 to 30 to 20 years, and uh, and and that obviously simplifies our strategy over the next several years because now we're not dealing with bringing a different airplane into the company, which would consume a lot of effort and resources. So I'm very, very, very happy about that. And uh, it will help keep our costs low. It'll help keep our efficiency high. And uh, all that will turn into uh, great low fares for our customers. And and, and helps, I, I would assume, with the, the long, some of the longer haul flights, which brings up Hawaii. Where where are you in with service to Hawaii right now? Is all that back on? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we've added San Diego nonstops. We've got an LAX nonstop. We've got uh, new nonstops out of Long Beach. And um, I think we're pretty much back to where we were planning to be pre-pandemic uh, um, and, you know, just following along with our previous conversation about leisure demand, uh, leisure demand is very healthy right now. And obviously uh, Hawaii is, uh, you know, fits right into that, uh, uh, that strategy as well. So uh, I think we're at the right place at the right time with that. And then we've added 17 other destinations or will have added 17 by the end of this year. Um, We've got uh, Myrtle Beach, uh, Bozeman. Uh, I'm, well, I'm, ju I'm just forgetting some yeah, of the no, other I, major I, destinations I, we have coming up. We've added so many. We just added Santa Barbara. Um, so Jackson, Mississippi is coming up in June. Eugene, Oregon coming up in August. So um, uh, in addition to, again, a, a long list of uh, destinations that we previously added. So that all of that will uh, i think serve the consumer and the leisure uh, uh traveler very very well are you still exploring places to go or, or have you got all, we, we all are, you can say grace over right now i i think that the, the you know this these 17 cities uh, again this is in, in in relation to a fleet size of 700 and call it 30 airplanes so the, the, these additional cities will consume about 37 airplanes. So it's a lot of flying. And uh, we they're permanent additions to our route map, and we expect that they will, we, they will do very well. As the economy rebounds here, and as uh, more importantly uh, for us, as travel demand uh, uh, rebounds, we'll need to restore flights to our destinations that we were previously cut. And so, yes, I do think that we're reaching the end of what we can probably afford to add as new. We might be able to sneak in a couple more, but, but I wouldn't expect in 2022 we'd be adding 17 more. That would deprive 
Dallas Love, Denver, Phoenix, Nashville, Austin. I mean, a long list of cities that we really need to get their flight activity back where it was. And, and obviously, we're not going to do that. We're going to take good care of all of our communities. Well, let's end with the lead. Break even by June. That was something we didn't really think we would see for a good long while. Uh, congratulations. I, I, I hope it's late May <laughs> rather than June. I, I hope we err on that side as well, sir. So it's been a long time coming, but uh, very, very welcome. And this, let's just all get vaccinated. Yeah, that's the key, I think, to uh, restoring all of this. And get back in the air. Gary Kelly is the CEO of Southwest Airlines. We appreciate the time. Congratulations on on turning a corner, it looks like. Thanks, David. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for more of our conversation with Mr. Kelly. Go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.